0: The king is dead, they told him, never knowing that Sophie was his son as well as his sovereign, they opened his throat with a dagger. A custom manger declared at the roadside inn where they spent the night. He drank his blood from a big gold chalice. The man did not recognize the bearded, one-handed knight with the big butt on his shield, no more than any of them, so he said things he might otherwise have swallowed, had he known who was listening. It was poison, did uh, they did. The innkeeper insisted, the boy's face turned black as plum, made for the judge. Uh, Father judged him justly, murmured a septum. The dwarf's wife did the murder with him, swore an archer in Lord Rowan's library. Afterwards she left a from the oar in a puff of brimstone, and ghostly who wolf was seen prowling the red cape, blue dripping from his jaws. James sat silent throughout it all, letting the world wash over him, a horn of ill-forgotten in his one good hand, Geoffrey, my blood, my firstborn, my son. He tried to bring the boy's face to mind, but his features kept turning into Cersei's. She will be in mourning, her hair in disarray and her eyes red from crying, her mouth trembling as she tries to speak. She will cry again when she sees me. though she'll fight the tears. His sister seldom wept about when she was with him. She could not stand for others so to think her weak, only to her twin Twin did she show her wounds. She will. Look to me for comfort and revenge. They roared. Hard the next day, at James' insistence, his son was dead, and his sister needed him. When he saw the city before him, its watchtowers dark against the gathering dusk, James Lannister cantered up to see a shang's warton behind an edge with the fierce banner. God's that who forced think, the Northman complained, death told James, but he said, smoke, sweet and shit. King's Landing, in short. If you have a good nose, you can smell treachery too. You have never smelled city before. I smell White Harbor, it never stung like this. White Harbor is to King standing as my brother Tyrion is to Sir Gregory. again. Nage led them up low here, the seven the pace, banner lifting and turning in the wind, the polished seven pointed star shining bright upon its stuff. You would see so Serse soon and Tyrion and the father could my brother truly have killed the boy jane found that hard to believe he was curiously calm men were supposed to go mad with grief when their children died he knew they were supposed to tear their hair hard by the roots to curse the gods and swear red vengeance so why was it that he felt so little the boy lived and died believing robert partheon his sire James had seen him born. That was true, though more for Cecy than the child. But he had never held him. How would it look? His sister warned him when the woman finally left them. Bad enough, Jeff looks like you without you mourning over him. James yielded with hardly a fight. The boy had been a squalling pink thing. We demanded too much of Cersei's time, Cersei's dove, and Cersei's rests. Robert was welcome to him. And now he is dead. He pictured Jeff lying still and cold with a face back from poison and still felt nothing. Perhaps he was the monster they claimed. If the father Above came down to offer him back his son or his hand, James knew which he would choose. He had a second son, after all, and seed enough for many more. If Cecy wants another child, I'll give her one, and this time I'll hold him, and the others take those who do not like it. Robert was rotting in his grave, and James was sick of lies. He turned abruptly and galloped back to find Brienne. God no why I bother. She is the least companionable creature I have had the misfortune to meet. The wench rode well behind and a few feet off the side as if to proclaim that she was no part of them. They had found man's garb for along the way, a tunic here, a mantle there, a pair of breeches and a cold clock, even an old iron breastplate. She looked more comfortable dressed as a man, but nothing would have make her look handsome nor happy. Once out of arenal, her usual pigged stubbornness had soon resorted itself. "I want my arms and armour back," she had insisted. "Oh my, by all means, let us have you back in seal," Jane replied. "I helm especially. We'll all be happier if you keep your mouth shut and your visor down." That much Brienne could do, but her silence, the silences, soon began to free his good humor almost as much as Kiburn's handless attempt to be ingratiating. I never thought I would find myself missing the company of Cleo's free God's army. He was beginning to wish he had left her for the bear after all. King's Landing, Jim, announced when he found her, Our journey is done. My lady, you have kept your vow, And delivered me to King's Landing, All but a few fingers and a hand. Brienne's eyes were listless. That was only half my vow. I told Lady Kathleen I would bring her back her daughters or sons at least. And now... She never met Rob Stark, yet her grief for him ran deeper than my for Of Or perhaps it was at Kathleen she mourned. They had been at Brindlewood when they had that news from a red faced stab of a knight named Sir Bertram Besbury, whose homes were three beehives on a field stripled back and yellow. A troop of loud pipers, men had passed throughout Brindle Hood only yesterday. Bees, Bury, I told them, rushing to kings and deem beneath the Banner of their own with the young wolf did uh, Piper saw no point of fighting on his son is captive at twins. Brian gaped like a cow about to choke on her coat, so it fell to James to draw out the tale of the red wedding. Every great lord has an unruly man who have buy him his place. He told her afterward, My father had the reigners and the Tarbacks uh, and the Tyrells have uh, the Florence Hosser Tully and Wolder uh, Frey. Only strands keep such men in their place. The moment they smell weakness during the age of heroes, the Boltons used uh, to fly the stocks and wear their skins as cloaks. She looked so miserable that Jim almost found himself wanting to comfort her. Since that day, Brian had been like one and a half dead, even calling her when she failed to provoke any response. The strength is gone from her. The woman had dropped the rock on Robin Ryder, but the bear with a tourney sword, beaten off Vargo Hort hair, and fought Jim to exhaustion. But she was broken and now done. I'll speak to my father about returning you to Toth, if it please him, he told her. Or if you would rather say I could perchance find some place for you at court. As a lady companion to the queen, she said dully. Jane remembered the sight of her in that pink satin gone, and tried not to imagine what his sister might say of such a companion, perhaps a boss with the city watch. I will not serve with the earthbreakers and murders. but what did you have a bother putting on a sword? He might have said, but he beat back words. As you will, Brian. One handed, he wheeled his oars about and left her. The gate of the gods was open when they reached it, but two dozen wings were lined up along the roadside, loaded with casks of cider, barrels of apples, bears of hay, and some of the biggest pumpkins James had ever seen. Almost every wagon had its guards, men at arms wearing the the Badges of small odd rings, the sales words mail and boiled litter, sometimes only a pink cheeked farmer's song clutching a homemade spear with a fire hardened point. James smiled at them or oh, as he drove past at the gate. The gold clocks were collecting coin from each driver before waving the wagons through. Out, what's this? still shanks demanded they got to pay for the right to sell inside the city by command of the king's hand and the master of coin james looked at long line of wains, carts and the horses yet they still line up to pay there's God, the coin to be made here now, that the fighting's is done. The miller in the nearest, we're going to tell down cheerfully. It's done. it's the uh, so whole city now, whole Lord Tywin of the Rock. They say he sheets silver, gold dream, correct dryly. And little finger means uh, the stuff from Golden Road. I vow, the imp is master of coin now, said the captain of the gate, or was still. I arrested him of homage the king the man looked at the old man over suspiciously, Who are you, lot Lot bottom uh, come to see the king's hand. The captain glanced uh, at the major with his face banner, come to bandy, you me you are not the first. Go straight up to the castle and see you make no trouble. He waved them throughout and turned back uh, to the wagons. If the uh, king's landing moaned it's that boy king Jane would never have now he, no, ever known it on the street of seeds a uh, begging brother in thrith the bear provost was praying loudly for free. so but uh, the passers by paid him no more had than they would a loose shutter banging in the wind as well mingled the usual crowds, gold clocks in their black meal, bakers' boys selling tarts, and britain hot pies' whores leaning out of windows with their bodices half anchored. A fanlist cutters redolent of a night's sore. They passed five men trying to drag a dead horse from the mouth of an alley, and as where jugglers spinning knives throughout the year to delight a throng of drunken terror soldiers and small children. Riding down familiar streets with two hundred of men, chainless master, and an ugly fake woman at his side, Jim found he scarcely drew a second look he did not know whether he thought to be amused or annoyed they do not know me he said to still see shanks as they rode throughout cobbler's square your face is changed and your arms as well the northern man said and they have a new kings there now the gates to the red keep were open, but it doesn't go clocks around the weed pikes barred the way. They lowered the points as Sea shanks came trotting up, but James recognized the white knight commanding them. Sir Marine. Sir Marine's trance eyes went wide. Sir James? How nice to be remembered! Move this man aside! It had been a long time since Anoyan had left to obey him quite so fast. Jim had forgotten how well he liked it. They found two more king's guard in the outer ward. Two who had not worn white blacks when Jim last served here. How like Cersei to name me Lord Commander and then choose my colleagues without consulting me. Someone has given me two... New brothers, I see, he said, as he dismounted, we have that honor, sir. The knight of followers shone so fine and pure in his white scales and silk, that James felt a trail and toward him. Tawdry, think by contrast, James turned to Marie and Trant. Sir, you have been remiss in teaching our new brothers their duties. what duties said Marie tart defensively keeping the king alive how many monarchs uh, have you lost since i left the city two is it then Sir ballon saw the stamp your hand Jim uh, made himself smile i fight with my left now it makes for more of a contest. Where will I find my lord father? In the solo with the lord Tyrell and the prince Sovereign. Miss Tyrell and the red viper breaking bread together, stranger and stranger. In the queen with them as well. No, my lord, Sir Beryn answered. You'll find her in the sept praying over King Juff You. The last of the Northmen, Aldis Mount, James saw, and now Laura Tyrrell had seen Brian, Sir. Laura, she stood stupidly holding her bridle. Laura Stairwell strode to water. Why? He said, "You will tell me why he treated you kindly, gave you a rainbow clock. Why would you kill him?" I never did, I would have died for him. You will sell us through his dung's sword. It was not me. Hamon Kai swore it was with his dying breath. He was outside the tent he never saw. There was no one in the tent but you and Lady Sark. Do you claim that old woman could cut throughout other head still? There was a shadow. I know how mad it sounds, but I was helping rally into his armor, and the candles blew out and there was blood everywhere. It was Stannis, Lady Kathleen said, his his shadow. I had no part in it, on my honor. You have no honor. Draw your sword, I won't have it, sir, that I slew you while your hand was empty. James stepped between them. Put the sword away, sir. Sir Loveless edged around him. Are you a craven as well as a killer, Brian? Is that why you run with his blood on your hands? Throw your sword, woman. Best hope she doesn't. Jane blocked his path again, or it's like to be your corpse we carry out. The wench is as strong as Vergil Cleggain, though not so pretty this is no concern of yours the so lord showed him aside James grabbed the boy with his good hand and junked him around i am the lord commander of the king's guard you are arrogant pup your commander so long as you wear the white cloak now seeth your bloody sword or i'll take it from you and show it up some place even ranley never found the boys hesitated half a heartbeat, long enough for Sir balance once to say, "Do as the commander says, Doris." Some of the gold clocks drew; they still that, and that made some dreadful man to do the same. Splendid thought, Jim. No sooner do I climb down off my horse than he have a blue bath in the yard, so that Cyrus named his wolf back to his uh, sheath. That uh, wants to so difficult was it? I want her," arrested, sir, Sellers pointed. "Lady Brienne, I charge you with uh, the murder of Lord Renly Berthian." for what it's worth said jim the wench does have honor more than i have seen from you and it may even be she is telling me it's true I'll grant you she's not uh, what you'd call clever, but even my horse could come up with a better lie, if it was a lie she meant to tell. Ta- as you insist, however, Sir Balon asked Lady Brian to a tower cell and all the under guard, and find some suitable quarters uh, for steel shanks and his men until such time as my father can see them. Yes, my lord. Brienne, the- Big blue eyes were full of hurt, as a swan and a dozen gold clocks the other way. You ought to be blowing me kisses, a wench, he wanted to tell her. Why must they misunderstand every bloody thing he did? Aries it all grows from Marys. James turned his back on the wench and strode across the yard. Another king, knight in white armor was guarding the doors of the royal sceptre, a with a black beard, broad shoulders, and a hooked nose. When he saw Jim, he gave a sore smile and said, And where do you think you are going into the sceptre? Jim lifted his stump to point that one right there, I mean to see the queen. Her grace is in mourning, and why would she be waiting to see the likes of you? because i'm her lover and the father of her moderate son he wants to say who in seven hells are you a knight of the king's garden you'll best learn some respect cripple for i have that other hand and leave you to suck up your porridge over a morning and the queen's brother sir the white knight thought that funny escaped have you and grown a bit as well mother her other brother dot and the lord commander of the king's guard now stand aside, or you wish you had. The lord took a long look, this time is it, Sir James? He straightened. My pardon, my lord, I did not know you. I have the honour to be Sir Hunsman Kettleback. the back. Where's the honour in that? I want some time alone with my sister. See that no one else enters the soft, sir. If we are disturbed, I'll have your bloody head ah yes sir as you say sarah's opened the door since he was kneeling before the altar of the mother jeffrey's bier had been laid out beneath the stranger who led the newly dead to the other ward The smell of incense and heavy in the air and a hundred candles burned, sending up a hundred prayers, just like to need every one of them too. His sister looked over her shoulder, who? She said, then, Jane. she rose, her eyes brimming with tears. He's never come to me, he thought. she She has always waited, letting me come to her. She gives, but I must ask. You should have come sooner, she murmured when he took her in his arms. Why couldn't you have come sooner to keep him safe, my boy? Our boy. I came as fast as I could. He broke from the embrace and stepped back a, play, a piece. It's wore out, dark sister. You look so thin, and your hair, your golden hair. The hair will grow back. James lifted his stump. She needs to see this wound. Her eyes went wide. The socks. No, this was Vargo Hort's work. The name meant nothing to her. Who? the goat of Arnal for a little while sissy turned to gaze geoffrey's beard they had dressed the dad king in gilded armor he released mother Similar to James' own. The visor of the arm was closed, but the candles reflected softly of the gold. So the boy shimmered bright and brave in death. The candlelight woke fires in the rubies that decorated the bodies of Sir Say's morning dress as well. Here he fell to her shoulders, undressed and uncapped. Her killed him, James, just as he had warned me. One day, when I thought myself safe and happy, he would turn me. My joy, to hushes in my mouth, uh, he said. Tyrion said that. Jaime had not wanted to believe it. Kingsley was worse than Kingsley in the eyes of gods and men. He knew the boy was mine. I loved Tyrion. I was good to him, well, but for that one time. But they did not know the truth of that, or did he? Why should he kill Jeff for a whore? She clutched his gold hand and held it tight in hers. He told me I was going to do it. Jeff knew. As he was dying, he pointed at his mother, at our twisted little monster of a brother. She kissed James' fingers. You'll kill him for me, won't you? You'll avenge our son. James pulled away. He is still my brother. He shoved his stump at her face in case she failed to see it. And I am in no fit state to be killing anyone you have another hound, aren't you? I am not asking you to best the hound in battle. Tyrion is a dwarf. Looked in a cell, the gods would stand side for you. The third turn his stomach. Gee, I must know more of this. How, uh, of how it happened? You shall," says he promised that There's to be a trial. When you heard, far across the city, a bell began to toll. Sansa fell as though she were in a dream. Trophy is dead, she told the trees to see if that would wake her. He had not been dead when she left the throne room. He had been on his knees, though, glowing at his throat, tearing at his own skin as he fought to breathe. The sight of it had been too terrible to watch, and she had turned and fled, sobbing lady tanda had been fleeing as well you have a good heart my lady she said to sansa not every maid would weep so far a man who set her aside and wed her to a dwarf a good heart i have a good heart hysterical laughter rose up her gullet but sunset choked it back down the bells were ringing slow and mournful ringing 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 they had rung for king robert the same way Geoffrey was dead he was dead he was dead 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 why was she crying when she wanted to dance were the tears of joy she found her clothes where she had hidden them the night before last with no maid. To help her, he took her longer than it should have to undo the of her gone. Her hands were strangely clumsy, though she was not as frightened as she ought to have been. The gods are cruel to take him so young and handsome at his uh, own wedding feast. Lady Tanda had said to her, the gods are just. The, the sansa rob had died at a wedding feast as well it was rob she wept for him and uh, magary boomagary twice wed and twice widowed sansa's did her arm from leave, pushed down the gown and wriggled out of it she bundled it up and shoved it into the bowl of an oak shook out the things she had hidden there dressed warmly her daughter, and dressed dark she had no black. so she clothed, chose a dress of thick brown wool their bodies was decorated with fresh-water pearls. though the clock will cover them the clock was a deep green with a larger hood she slipped the dress over her head and donned the clock though she left the hood down for the moment there were shoes as well simple and sturdy with flat heels and square toes. The gods, I heard my prayer, she thought. She felt so numb and dreamy. My skin has turned to porcelain, to ivory, to steel. Her hands moved stiffly, awkwardly, as if they had never let down her hair before. For a moment, she wished shy was there to have her with the nut. When she pulled it free, her long urban air cascaded down her back and across her shoulders. The web of spoon silver hung from her fingers the fine metal glimmering softly the stones black in the moonlight black amethysts from a shy one of them was missing Oh sorry, not one of them was missing. Sansa lifted the net for a closer look. There was a dark smudge in the silver socket where the stone had fallen out. A sudden terror filled her. Her heart hammered against her ribs and for an instant she held her breath why am i so scared it's only an amethyst a black amethyst from maasai no more than that it must have been loose in the setting that's all it was loose and it fell out and now it's lying somewhere in the throne room or in the yard unless Certain had said that the hair net was magic that it would take her home He told her she must wear it tonight at Geoffrey's wedding feast. The silver wire stretched tight across her knuckles. Her thumb rubbed her back and forth against the wall where the stone had been. She tried to stop, but her fingers were not her own. Her thumb was drawn to the wall as tongue is drawn to a missing tooth. What kind of magic? The king was that, the cruel king who had been her gallant prince a thousand years ago. Evidently had lied about the hairnet, had he lied about the rest as well what if he never comes what if there is no ship no boat on the river no escape what would happen to her then she heard a faint rustle of leaves and suffered the silver hair net down deep in the pocket of her clock who's there she cried who is it the godswood was dim and dark and the bells were ringing off into his grave me he staggered out from under the trees reeling drunk he caught her arm to steady himself. Sweet junkie have come, your floren has come, don't be afraid, since I pulled away from his touch. You said I must wear the air net, the silver net with what sort of stones are those amethysts, black amethysts from Asai, my lady? There are no amethysts, are they? Are they? You lied. Black amethysts, he wore. He swore there was magic in them, there was murder in them, softly my lady softened him no matter he choked she, she on his pigeon pie dante chartered. all oh, tasty tasty pie silver and stones that's uh, all it was silver and stone and magic the bells were tolling and the wind was making a noise like he had made as he tried to suck a breath of air. you poisoned him you did you took a stone from my hair Ash, you be the death of us. I did nothing. Come, we must away. They are search for you. Your husband been arrested. Tyrion, she said, choked. Do you have another husband? The imp, the dwarf, uncle. She thinks. Uh, he did it. He grabbed her hand and pulled her at her. This way we must away quickly now have no fear. Since I followed unresisting I could never abide the weeping of woman tough once sad, but his mother was the only woman weeping right now. In Holden nan's stories, the Grunkings grave magic things that could make a wish come true did i wish him that she wondered before she remembered that she was too old to believe in graham did to poison him her dwarf husband had tested his nephew Could he truly have killed him? Did he know about my hair, not about the black amethysts? He brought uh, Joph wine. How could you make someone choke by putting an amethyst in their wine? If Tyrion did it, they will think I was part of it as well, she realized with a start of fear. How not? They were man and wife, and Joph had killed her father and mocked her with her brother's death. One flesh, one heart, one soul be quiet now my sweet name said dantes outside god's Wood, we must make uh, no sound pull up your hood and hide your face sansa nodded and did as he said He was so drunk that sometimes Sansa had to lend him her arm to keep him from falling. The bells were ringing out across the city. More and more of them joining in, she kept her head down and stayed in the shadows closer behind dancers. While descending the serpentine staffs, he stumbled to his knees and wretched. My poor Florian, she thought, as he whipped his mouth with a floppy sleeve. Dressed dark, he'd sad, yet under his brown hood uh, the cloak he was wearing his old circuit, red and pink, horizontal stripes beneath a black chief, bearing three gold crowns, the arms of our lord. Why are you wearing your circuit, Joph decreed? It was that if you were caught dressed as a knight again. He-ho! Nothing Jeff had decreed matter any longer. I wanted to be a knight for this at least. Dr. Slouchered back to his feet and took her on. Come, be quiet now, no questions. They continued down the serpentine cross a small sunken countryard. Sur dancers shoved open a heavy door, a little taper. They were inside a long gallery, along the walls stood empty suites of armor, dark and dusty. Their hands crested with rows of scales that continued down their backs. As they hurried past, the taper's light made the shadows of each scale stretch and twist. The hollow nine it's hardening dragons she thought thought there, took them to an open door banded with iron be strong now my jungle. you are almost there Mendoza lifted the bar and pulled the, opened the door. Sansa felt a cold breeze on her face. She passed throughout to our feet of wall, And then she was outside the castle, standing at the top of the cliff. Below was the river, above the sky. And one was as black as the other. We must climb down, don't said at the bottom. A man is waiting to row us out to the ship. I'll fall. Bran had fallen and he had loved to climb. No, you don't. You won't as a sort of letter a secret letter cut into the stone here you can feel it my lady he got down on his knees with her hand Made her lean over the edge of the cliff, groping with her fingers until she found the handhold cut into the face of the bluff. Almost as good as rungs, even so, it was a long way down. I can't. You must. Isn't there another way? This is the way. I won't be so hard for a strong young girl like you. Hold on tight and never look down, and you'll be at the bottom in no time at all. His eyes were shining. Your poor Florian is fat and old and drunk. I'm the one should be afraid. I used to fall off my horse. Don't you remember? That was how he began. I was drunk and fell off my horse, and Jeffrey wanted my full head. But you saved me. You saved me, sweetly. Here's weeping. Uh, she realized, and now you have saved me. Only if you go, if not, I will kill us both. It was him, she thought. He killed Joffrey. She had to go for him as much as for herself. You go first, sir. If he did fall, she did not want him falling down on her head and knocking both of them off the cliff. As you wish, my lady. He gave her a sloppy kiss and swung his legs clumsily over the press. Yeah. Sip is kicking about until he found a foot uh, hold. Let me get down a bit and come after. You will come now, you must swear it, had come, she promised. Sardantus disappeared. She could hear him huffing and puffing as he began to descend. Sansa descended to the tolling of the bell, counting its ring. At 10, gingerly, she hissed herself over the edge of the cliff, poking with her toes until they found a place to rest. Castle walls loomed large above her, and for a moment she wanted nothing so much as to pull herself up and run back to her warm rooms in the kitchen keep. Be brave, she told herself, be brave like a lady in a that song. Sansa dared not look down. She kept her eyes on the face of the cliff, making certain of each step before reaching for the next. The stone was rough and cold. Sometimes she could feel her fingers dipping, and the handholds were not as evenly spaced as she would have liked. The bells would not stop ringing. Before she was up, way down, her arms were trembling, and she knew that she was going to fall. One more stop, she told herself. One more stop, she had to keep moving if this if she stopped she would never start again and down would find a still clanging to the cliff frozen in fear one more stop and one more stop the ground took her by surprise she stumbled and fell her heart pounding when she rolled onto her back and stared up at from where he had come her head swam dizzy and her fingers closed at the dirt i did it i did it i didn't fall i made the climb and now i'm going home so tantus pulled her back on Throw the feet. This way, quiet now. Quite quiet. He stayed close through the shadows that lay black and thick beneath the cliffs. Thankfully, they did not have to go far. Fifty yards down river, a man sat in a small skiff, half hidden by the remains of a great galley that had gone round. Uh, Aground ground there and burned. Danton snipped up to him, puffing Oswald. No names. The man sat in the boat. He sat hunched over his oars, an old man tall and gangly, with long white hair and great hooked nose, with eyes shaded by a cow Get in, be quick about it, he muttered. We need to be away. And both of them were safe aboard. The crowd man slid the blades into the water and put his back into the oars rowing them out toward the channel behind them the bells were still tolling the boy king's death they had the dark river all to themselves with those steady rhythmic strokes they threaded the air stream, streams sliding above the sunken galleys past broken masts burned holes and torn sails. The old had been muffled, so they moved almost soundlessly, a mist was rising over the water. Sansa saw the embattled ramparts of one of the imps' winch towers looming above, but the great chain had been lowered, and they rode an imp past the spot where a thousand men had burned the shore fell away the fog grew thicker the sound of the bells began to fade finally even the lights were gone lost somewhere behind them they were out in Blackwater bay and the war shrunk to dark water the wind missed and their silent companions stooped over the horse how far must we go she asked no talk the horseman was old but strong Than he looked, and his voice was fierce. Uh, there was something oddly familiar about his face, though Sansa could not say what it was. Not far, sedentive, took her head in his own hand, rubbed he gently. Your friend is near, waiting for you. No talk, the old man growled again. sound, carries over-water self-full. Abashed Sansa bit her lip and the down in silence. The rest was rowing, rowing, rowing. The eastern sky was black with the first hint of dawn, when Sansa finally saw a ghostly shape in darkness ahead. A trading galley, her sails were moving slowly on a single bank of oars. As they drew closer, she saw the ship's figure ahead, a merman with a golden crown blowing on a great seashell horn. She heard a voice cry out, and the galley swung slowly about. As they came alongside the, the galley dropped a rope ladder over the rail. The rower shifted the oars and helped Sansa to her feet. Up now, go on, girl, I got you. Sansa thanked him for his kindness but received no an answer but a grunt. It was much easier going up to up the rope ladder than it had been coming down the cliff. The oarsman as well, followed close behind her, while Sir Dantes remained in the boat. Two sailors were waiting by the rail to help her onto the dock, since she was trembling. She called. She heard someone say he took off his cloak and put it round her shoulders. There it is that better my lady rest easy the worse is best done she knew the voice but he is in the veil she thought sir luther brune stood beside him with a torch lord peter dante's call from the boat i must needs row back before they think to look for me Petyvelish put her hand on the rail, but first you want your payment. Ten thousand dragons, was it? Ten thousand. Dantes rubbed his mouth with the back of his hand, as you promised, my lord. Sell Lothor the reward. Arthur Brune dipped his torch. Three men stepped to the gunwale, raced across bows, fired... Uh, one bolt took Dantes in the chest as he looked up, punching throughout the left crown on his circuit, the others ripped into throat and belly. It happened so quickly neither Dante's nor Sansa had time to cry out. When it was done, Lothar Brun tossed the torch down on top of the corpse. The little boat was blazing fiercely as the galley moved away. You killed him, clutching the ray Sansa turned away and wretched. Had she escaped the Lannisters to tumble in towards my lady, little finger murmured, Your grief is wasted on such a man as that. He was a source and no man's friend. But he saved me. He sold you for a promise of ten thousand dragons. Your disappearance will make them suspect you in Geoffrey's death. The gold clocks. We'll hunt, and the eunuch will jingle his purse. Dantos, well, you heard him. He sold you for gold, and when he'd drunk it up, he would have sold you again. A bag of dragons buys a man's silence for a while, but a well-placed quarrel buys it forever. He smiled sadly. All he did, he did at my behest. I did not friend you openly. When I heard how you saved his life at Jeff's journey, I knew he would be the perfect cat's paw. Since I felt sick, he said he was my Florian. Do you per recall what I said to you that day your father that set the iron throne? The moment came back to the to her vividly. He told me that life was not a song, that I would learn that one day, to my sorrow. She felt tears in her eyes, but whether she wept for Sergeant sorrow, for Jaff, for Tyrion, or for herself, since I could not say. Is it all lies, forever and ever, everyone and everything? Almost everyone, save you and I, of course, he smiled. Come to the godswood tonight if you want to go home. The note. It was you. It had to be the goods wood. No other place in the rad keep is safe from the eunuchs' little birds or little rats, as I call them. There are trees in the goods wood instead of walls. Sky above instead of ceiling. Roots and dirt and rock in place of floor. The rats have no place to scurry. Rats need wide. That's to me. No skewer down with swords lord Petir took her arm let me show you to your cabin you have had long and trying day i know you must be weary already the little boat was no more than a swill of smoke and fire behind them almost lost in the immensity of the dawn sea there was no going back her only road was forward very weary she admitted as he led her below he said tell me of the feast the queen took such pains the singers the jugglers the dancing bear did you little lord as well enjoy my majesty dwarfs yours i had to send two bravos for them and hide them away in a brother until the wedding expense was exceeded only by the brother. it is surprisingly difficult to hide a dwarf and joffrey you can lead a king to war but with joff one had to splash it about before he realized that he could drink it. When I told him about money to surprise his grace said, why would I want some ugly dwarfs at my fist, I hate dwarfs. I had to take him by the shoulder and whisper, Not as much as your uncle will. The deck rocked beneath her feet, and Sansa felt as if the world itself had grown unseedy. The think Tyrion poisoned Geoffrey, said so said they seized him. Mr. Finger smiled. Widowhood will become you, Sansa. The thought made her tummy flutter. She might have a need to share a bed with Tyrone again, that was what she had wanted, wasn't it? The cabin was low and comforted, but a feather bed had been laid upon the narrow its shaft. To make it more comfortable and thick fur's appear piled atop it, it would be snug, I not know. And you shouldn't be too uncomfortable. Little finger pointed out a sadder, or under sad the porthole. You'll find fresh garb within, dresses, small clothes warm stuck in a clock. Cool and linen only I fear unworthy of made so beautiful, but they serve to keep you dry and clean till we can find you something finer. He had these all prepared for me. My lord, I, I do not understand. Jeffrey gave you Harina, made you Lord Paramount of the Trident. Why? Why should I wish him that little finger shrugged? I had no motive. Besides I am a thousand leagues away in the bed always keep your foes confused if they are never certain who you are or what you want they cannot know what you are like to do next sometimes the best way to baffle them is to make moves that have no purpose or even seem to work against you remember that Sansa when you come to play the game What? what game the only game the game of thrones he brushed back a strand over her hair you are old enough to know that your mother and i were more than friends there was a time when cats was all i wanted in this war. i dared to dream of the life we might make and the children she would give me but she was a daughter of riveran and Oster to Family, duty, honour, sense of family, duty, honour meant I could never have her hand, but she gave me something finer, a gift a woman can give but once. How could I turn my back upon her daughter? In a better word you might have been mine, not a Hadda Start, my loyal, loving daughter, put it from your mind, sweet Dante, Tyrion, all of them. They will never trouble you again. You are safe now. That's all that matters. You are safe with me and sailing home. When you hear all he did, you want him dead as much as I do. She touched his face. I was lost without you, Jane. I was afraid the stocks would send me your head. I could. Uh, not have a born, not have borne that. She kissed him. And I kissed the mirror the brush over her lips on it, but he could not feel her tremble as he slid his arms around her. I am not a whole without you. There was no tenderness in the kiss. He returned to her only hunger. Her mouth opened for his tongue. No, she said weakly when his lips moved down her neck. Not here, he, the septans. The others can take the septans. He kissed her again, kissed her silent, kissed her until she moaned. Then he knocked uh, the candles aside and lifted her up onto the mother's altar, pushing up her skirts and the silken uh, shift beneath. She pounded on his chest uh, with uh, feeble fists, uh, murmuring about the risk of danger, about their father, about the about the wrath of gods. So he never heard her. He untied at, uh, his uh, breeches uh, and climbed up and pushed uh, her bare white legs apart one hand slid up her thigh and underneath her small pulses. when he tore them away he saw that her man's blood was on her but it made no difference hurry she was whispering now quickly quickly now do it now do me now Jim, Jim. Her hands have to guide him, yes sir. Then uh, uh, he trusts my brother, sweet brother, yes, like that. Yes, I have you you're home now, you're home now. She kissed his ear and stroked his short bristly here. Jim lost himself in a flash. He could feel so say heart beating in time with his own hand with up blue, and sea where they were joined, but the sooner were they done than the queen said, let me help if we are discovered like this, but he rode away and helped her off the altar. The pale marble was smeared with blue, Jane wiped it clean with his sleeve then bent to pick up the candles he had knocked over. Fortunately, they had all gone out when they fell. If this after had caught fire, I might never have noticed. This was folly. Cersei pulled her gun straight with father in the castle. Jane, we must be careful. I am sick of being careful. The Targaryens were brother to sister. Why shouldn't we do the same? Marry me, Cersei. Stand up before the realm and say it's me you want. We'll have our own wedding feast and make another son in place of Jeffrey. She drew back. That's not funny. Do you hear me chuckling? Did you leave your wits as river? Her voice had an edge to it. Time throne derives from Robert, you know that. He'll have Castle Rock. Isn't that enough? Let father see the throne. all I want is you. He made to touch her cheek. All the habits, thy uh, hard, and uh, it was uh, his right arm he lifted. Says he recoiled from his thumb. Don't, don't talk like this. You're scaring me, Jim. Don't be stupid. One wrong word, and I'll cast, you'll cast us everything what did they do to you they cut off my hand no it's more you are chained she baked off a step. we'll talk later on the morrow i have some stars made in a tower cell i need to question them you should go too father. i crossed a thousand leagues to come to you and lost the best part of me along the way don't tell me to leave leave me she repeated Turning away, James laced up his breeches and did as she commanded, where he as he was, he could not seek a bed by now. his lord father knew that he was back in the city. The tower of the hand was guarded by a house of old gods who knew him at once. The gods are good to give you back to us, sir one said, as he held the door. The gods had no part in it, Kathleen Starr gave me back and the lord of the dreadfall, he climbed the stairs and pushed into the solar, and then announced to find his father sitting by the fire. Dorothy Wynne was alone, for which Jane was thankful. He had no desire to flaunt his maimed hand for Mr. Rell, who the viper just now, much less the two of them together. Jane, Dr. Wynne said, as if they'd last seen each other at breakfast. Dr. Bolton led me to expect you, her liar. I had hoped that you'd be here for the wedding. I was delayed. Jane closed the door softly. My sister uptied herself, I'm told. Seventy-seven curses and a regicide. Never a wedding like it. How long have you known? I was free the Anuk told me a few days after your escape i sent men into the riverlands to look for you i got clicking some um, well spicer, the brothers a uh, palm put out the word uh, as well be quietly we agreed that uh, the fewer people who knew you were free the fewer would be hunting you did various mention this he moved closer to the fire to let uh, his father see Lord Tywin pushed himself out of his chair, breathed his in between his teeth. Who did this, if Lady Catherine thinks? Lady Catherine held the sword to my throat and made me swear to return her daughters. This was your God's work, Vargo Hot, the Lord of Arenal. Lord Tywin looked away, disgusted. No longer Sir Gregor's and the castle, the southward disaster they held so while captain almost to a man and some of lady weren't hold uh, people opened up a stern gate the gang found a horse sitting alone in the oar of a hundred hearts up mad with pain and fever from a wound that festered his ear i'm told James helped to laugh, too sweet, his air. He could scarcely wait to tell Brienne, thought the wench wouldn't find it off, so funny as he did. Is uh, He dead yet, soon. They have taken off his hands and feet, but Clegane seems amused by the way the Corrine lovers. James smiled, curled. What about his brave companions? The few who stayed at Arenal are dead. The others scattered, they will make uh, four pots. You uh, you warrant or try and lose themselves in the woods. His eyes went back to James stump and his mouth grew taut with fury. We'll have their heads, everyone. Can you use a sword with your left hand? I can hardly dress myself in the morning." James held up the in question for his father's inspection, four fingers, a thumb, much like the other. Why shouldn't it work as well? Good, his father said. That is good. I have a gift for you, for your return, after Varys told me, unless it's new hand. Let it wait. Jane took the chair across from him. How did Geoffrey die? Poison. It was meant to appear as though he took on a morsel of food, but he had his throat slit open and the masters could find no obstruction, since he claims that Tyrion did it. Your brother served the king the poisoned wine with a thousand people looking on. That was rather foolish of him. I have taken Tyrion's squire into custody, his wife's maids as well. We shall see if they have anything to tell us. Sir Adam's gold clocks are searching for the stalker, and Bariza has offered a reward. The king's justice will be done. The king's justice. You would execute your own son. He stands accused of suicide and king's death. If he is innocent, he has nothing to fear. First, we must need consider the evidence for and against him. Against him, evidence is the city of liars. James knew what sort of evidence would be found. Renley died certainly as well when Stanis needed him to, though renly was murdered by one of his own gods, some woman from Tars. That woman from Tart is the reason I'm here. I tossed her into a cell to appease Sir Loras, but I believe he released his ghost before I believe she did him any harm. But, Stannis. it was a poison that killed Geoffrey, not sorcery. Though so the Tywin glanced at James' stamp again, you cannot serve in the King's Guard without a sword hand. I can, he interrupted, and I will. There's a precedent. I'll look in the white book and find it if you like. Crippled or whole, a knight of the King's Guard serves for life. he yes, ended yes. that when she replaced the servant's son on grounds of age. A suitable gift to the faith will persuade the high Septon to release you from your vows. Your sister was foolish to dismiss Selmy, admittedly, but now that she has opened the gates. Someone needs uh, to close them again, James sued. I am tired of having outborn a woman kicking pails of shit at me, father. No one ever uh, asked me if I wanted to be Lord Commander of the King's Guard, but it seems I am. I have a duty. You do, Lord Tywin rose as well. A duty to house Lannister. You are the heir to Castle the Rock. That is where you should be. Thomas should accompany you as your ward and squire. The rock is where he'll learn to be a Lannister and I want him away from his mother. I mean to find a new husband for says he myself perhaps once I convince Lord Tera that the match does not threaten our garden, and it is past time you were wed. The Terrells are now insisting that Marguerite be wed to Tom, but if I were to offer you instead, no, Jamie had heard all that he could stand. No, more than he could stand. He was sick of it, sick of lords and lies, sick of his father, his sister, sick of the whole booty business. No, 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 how many times must I say no before you hear it? Over very mortal, the man's infamous, and not just for poisoning his word. He has more of than Robert and Bats with boys as well. And if you think for one Miss the moment that I would wear Jeffrey's white widow widow Lotte swears that the girl's still maiden She can die a maiden as far as I'm concerned. I don't want her and to want your rock. You are my son. I am I knight of the King's God? The dark commander of the King's guard, and that's all I meant to be. Firelight gleamed golden in the stiff whiskers that framed Lord Tywin's face. A vein pulsed in his neck, but he did not speak, and did not speak, and did not speak. The trained silence went on until it was more than James could endure. Father, he began, you are not my son, Lord Tywin turned his face away. You say you are the commander of the king's guard, and only that. Very well, sir. Go, do your duty. Their voices rose like cinders, swirling up into purple evening sky. Lead us from the darkness, O my lord. Fill our hearts with fire, so we may walk your shining path. The night fire burned against the gathering dark, a great bright beast was shifting orange light through shadows twenty feet tall across the yard. All along the walls of Dragonstone, the army of gargoyles and grotesques seemed to and shift. Davos looked down from an arched window in the gallery above. He watched Melisandre lift her arms as if to embrace the shivering flames. Prolure, she sang in a voice loud and clear you are the light in our eyes the fire in our hearts the heat in our loins yours in the sun that warms our days yours the stars that guard us in the dark of night lord of light defend us the night is dark and full of terrors queen is led the responses her pinched face full of fervour King is stood beside her, Joe clenched hard, the points of his red-gold crown shimmering. Whenever he moved his head, he is with them, but not of them. They was thought Princess Shireen was between them, the muttered grey patches on her face and neck almost back in the firelight lord of light protect us the queen sang the king did not respond with the others he was staring into the flames davos wondered what he was uh, he saw there another vision of uh, the war to come or something closer to home Roro who gave us breath we thank you sang melisandre Roro who gave us day we thank you we thank you for the sound that warms as Queen Cediz and the other worshippers replied. We thank you for the stars that watch us, we thank you for your hearts, our hearts, and for our torches that keep the savage dark at bay. There, there were fewer voices saying the responses than there had been the night before. It seems that there was fewer faces flushed with orange light about the fire, but would there be fewer still on the morrow or more? The voice of Sir Axel Florent rang aloud as a trumpet. He stood by red chest and Mundy like the, the firelight washing his face like a monstrous orange tongue. I was wondering if Sir Axel would thank him after the work they did tonight might well make him the king's hand, as he dreamed. Melisandre cried, we thank you for Stannis. By your grace, our King, we thank you for the pure white fire of this gladness, for the red sword of justice in his hand, for the love he bears, his dear people. L- guide him and defend him, roer, grant him strength to smite his foes, grant him strength, answered Queen's that is Sir Axel, Devon, and the rest, grant him courage, grant him wisdom, when he was a boy. I had thought was to pray to the crown for wisdom, to the warrior for courage, to the smith for strength. But it was the mother he prayed to now, to keep his sweet son Devon safe from the red woman's demon god. Lord Devos, we'd best be about it, Sir Andrew touched his elbow gently, my lord. The The title still rang queer in his ears. Yet uh, they were turned away from the window. Uh, yeah, it's time, Stanisman and, and uh, the Queen's men would be at their prayers uh, an hour or more. The Red Priests lit their fires every day at sunset to thank Roror for the day just ending and beg. Him to send his son back on the morrow to banish the gathering darkness. A smuggler must know the tides and the, and when to size them. That was all he was at the end of the day. There was uh, the smuggler. His maimed hand rose to his throat for the, his luck and found nothing. He snatched it down and walked a bit more quickly. His companions kept pace, matching their straddles to his own. The bustle of night song had a fox-raged face and an ear of tattered chivalry. Sir Gerard the goer was broad bluff, was broad bluff and bold, blond. Sir Andrew was stood a that had with a spade-shaped beard and shaggy brown eyebrows they were all good men in their own ways they were thought and they will all be dead men soon if these things work goes badly fire is a living thing the red woman told him when he asked her to teach him how to see the future in the flames it is always moving, always changing, like a book whose letters dance and shift, even as you try to read them. It takes years of training to see the shapes beyond the planes, and more years still to learn to tell the shapes of what will be, from what may be or what was. Even then it comes hard, hard. You do not understand that you, men of the sunset lands. I was asked her then how it was that Sir Axel had learned the trick of it so quickly. But to the, to the, she only smiled enigmatically and said, "Any cat may stare into fire and see red mice at play." He had not lied to his king's about that or any of it. The red woman may see what we intend. He warned them. We should start by killing her, then you're to do with the fishwife. I know a place where we could wall, her, four of us with sharp swords. You'd doom Mazo," all, said Davos, Mr. Preston tried to kill her, and she knew at once. From her frames, I'd guess, it seems to me that she is very quick to sense any threat to her own person. But surely, she cannot see everything. If we ignore her, perhaps we might escape her notice. There is no honour in hiding and sneaking objects, said Sir Terreston of Tallinn Hill who had been a sunglass man before. Lord against went to medicine fires? It is so honorable to burn? Devils asked him. You saw, Lord, the sunglass die. Is that what you want? I don't need men of honor now. And his smugglers. Are you with me or no? They were. God be good, they were. Master Peter was leading a drink storm throughout these sounds when Devils pushed open the door. Sir Andrews was close behind him. The others had been left to guard this uh, absent cellar door. The master broke off. That will be enough for now, Edric. The boy was puzzled by the instru- intrusion. Lord of Sir Andrew, we were doing sums. Sir Andrews smiled. I hated sums when I was your age, because. I don't mind them so much. I like his story best, though. It's full of tales. Edric said, "Master Peters, run and get your clock now. You are to go with Lord Davos. I am, Edric, uh, sad. Where are we going? His mouth said stubbornly. I want to go. Pray to the Lord of Light. I am a warrior's man, like my father. We know, Davos said. Come, lad, we must not do Hedrick donned a thick-hooded cloak of undyed whom Master Peters helped him fasten it and put the hood up to shadow his face. Are you coming with us, Messer? The boy asked. No. Peters touched the chain of many metals he wore about his neck. I place his ear on Dragonstone. Go with Lord Davos now, and do as he says. He is at the king's hand, remember? What did I tell you about the king's hand? The hand speaks with the king's voice. The young master smiled. Let's go. Go now. There was hardly being uncertain of Peter's. Perhaps he resented him for taking hold Crimson's place, but now he could only admire the man's courage. This could mean his life as well. Outside the master's chambers, Sir Gerard grew awaited by the steps. Hedrick Storm looked at him curiously, as they made their descent, he asked, ''Where are we going, Lord Devils?'' ''To the water.'' ''A ship awaits you.'' The boy stopped suddenly. ''A ship?'' ''One of Salador's sons.'' ''Sada is a good friend of mine.'' ''I should go with you, cousin.'' Sir Andrew assured, ''There is nothing to be frightened of.'' ''I am not frightened,'' Hedrick said indignantly. ''Only is Shireen coming too?'' ''No.'' The princess uh, must remain here with her father and mother," said Davos. "I have to see her then, to say my farewells. Otherwise she will be sad," Hedrick explained. "Not so sad as if she sees you burn." "There is no time," said Davos. "I will tell the princess that you were thinking of her, and you can write her when you get to where you are going." The boy frowned. "Are you sure? I must go." Why should, uh, why would my uncle send me from Dragonstone? Did I displace him? I never meant to. He got that stubborn look again. I want to see my uncle. I want to see King Stanis. Sir Andrew and Sergeant exchanged a the look. There's no time for that cousin, Sir Andrew said. I want to see him, Edric insisted, other. He does not want to see you, Davis had to say. I am his hand, I speak with his voice, must I go to the king and tell him that you would not do as you were told? I am uh, um, his hand, I speak with his voice, As I go to the king and tell him that you would not do as you were told? Do you know how angry that will make him? Have you ever seen your uncle angry? He pulled off his glove and showed the boy with the four fingers that Stanislaus shortened. I have. It was all it was all lies, there had been no anger in Stannis when he cut the ends of his onion, knight's fingers, on an iron sense of justice. But Edric Storm had not been born, there. he could not know that, and the threat had the desired effect. He should not have done that, the boy said, but he let the devil sing him by the end and drew him down the steps. The bastard of knight's song joined them at the cellar door. They walked quickly across a shadowed yard and down some steps under the stone tails of a frozen dragon. Louise, the fishwife, and Omar blackberry waited at the postern gate. Two guards bound and stood at their feet at the, at the boat that was asked them, it's there. Dewey Is there, Louise said, four horsemen, the gallery is anchored just past the point, made friends there was a chocolate a ship named after a madman yes that's fitting salah had a streak of the pirate's black humor he went to one knee before Hedrick's i must leave you now he said there's a boat waiting to row you out to a galley then it's off across the sea you are robert's Son, so I know, you will be brave, no matter what happens. I will only, the boy hesitated. I think of this as an adventure, my lord. They was trying to sound hale and cheerful. It's uh, the start of your life's great adventure. May the warrior defend you. Praticamente se ne vanno da Dragonstone. E poi lo vengono... Poi praticamente avvertono il re. E... In presenza di Melisandra Fatira di Cha uh, Sidamasya, let me wake the stone dragon star three history. Give me the boy, Edric Storm that was sad, standing around on him in a cold fury. I know his name. He's gone. You are uh, he can't," said Davos. "Adrick storm is gone, gone." Then he turned. "What do you mean, gone? He is aboard a listening galley, safely out uh, to sea." Davos watched Melisandre's pale, heart-shaped face. He saw the flicker of dismay there, the sudden uncertainty. She did not see it. The king's eyes were dark blue bruises in the. Hollows over his face. The bastard was taken from Dragonstone. Without my leave, Agalé, you say? If that is an spirit, think to us. The boy, to squeeze gold from me. This is your hand's work, sire. Melisandre gave Davos a knowing look. You will bring him back, my lord, you will. The boy is out of my reach, and out of your reach as well, my lady, said Davos. Her red eyes made him scream. I should have left you two dark sir. do you know what you have done? My duty. Some might call it treason. Stannis went to window to stare out into the night. Is he looking for the ship? I raised you up from dirty devils. He sounded more tired than angry. Was loyalty too much to hope for? For, of uh, my sons died for you on the backwater, I might have died myself. You have my loyalty always. There sea seaward. Had thought long out about the words, your grace. You made me swear to give your honest counsel and swift obedience to defend your realm against your foe to protect your people. Then is uh, ground is a uh, again. I never asked for this crown, gold in his coat and heavy on the head. But so long as I am the king, I have a duty. If I must sacrifice one child to the flames to save a million from the dark, sacrifice is never easy, that was, or it is not true sacrifice. Tell him, my lady." Melisandre said, as our high-tempered light bring uh, bring with the heart's build of his own beloved wife if a man with a thousand cows gives one to god that is nothing but a man who offers the only cow he owns she talks of cows i am speaking of my boy told A king's son with the power of king's blood in his veins. Melisandre's uh, ruby glowed like a red star at the throat. Do you think you have saved this boy on your night? When the long night falls, the storm shall die with the rest, wherever he is eaten. Your own sons as well, darkness and cold, will cover the heart, the hearth. You meddle in matters you do not understand. There's much I don't understand," Davos admitted. I have never pretended as wise. I know the seas and rivers, the shapes of the coasts, where the rocks and shores lie. I know he hidden goes where a boat can land unseen, and I know that King protects his people, or he is no king at all. Stanley is a face darkness. Do you mock me to my face? Must I learn a king's duty from a honey-smuggler? that was knelt. If I have offended, take my head, I'll die as I lived. Your loyal man, but her, him first. Hear me for the sake of uh, the onions I brought you, and the fingers you took. Senesley said, did the light bring from its scabbard, its glow filled the chamber, Say what you will, but say it quickly. The muscles in the king's neck stood out like cords. He was fumbled inside the cloak and drew out the king's clad sheet of parchment. It seemed a thin and flimsy thing, yet it was all the shield that he had. A king's hand should be able to read and write. Master Piers had been teaching me. He smoothed the letter flat upon his knee and began to read by the light of the magic sword. He dreamt he was back in Winterfell, limping past the stone kings on their phones, their grey granite eyes turned to follow him as he passed, and their grey granite fingers tightened on the hilt of the rusted sword upon their laps. "You are no Stark," he could hear them mutter in heavy granite voices. "There is no place for you here. Go away." He walked deeper into the darkness. Father, he called. Bran, recon. No one answered. A chill wind was blowing on his neck. Uncle, he called. Uncle Benjamin. Father, please. Father, have me. Up above, he heard drums. They are feasting in the great hall. But I am not welcome there. I'm a star, and this is not my place. His crutch slipped, and he fell to his knees. The crypts were growing darker. A light has gone out somewhere. Egret, he whispered, forgive me, please. But it was only a dry wolf, gray and ghastly. Spotted with blood, his golden eyes shining sadly throughout the dark. The cell was dark, the bed hard beneath him. His own bed he remembered. His own bed in his steward sat beneath the old bear's chambers. By rights, it should have brought him sweeter dreams, even beneath the furs he was cold. Ghost had shared his cell before the ranking warming against the chill of night, and in the wild, Igreth had slept beside him, both gone now. He had burned Igreth himself, as he knew he she would have wanted, and Ghost, where are you? Was he dead as well? Was that what his dream had meant, the blue wolf in the crypt? But the wolf in the dream had been grey, not white, grey, like Bran's wolf. Had then the hunted the him down and killed him after Queen's crown? If so, Bran was lost to him for good and all. John was trying to make sense of that when the horn blew, the horn of winter, he thought, See, confused from sleep, but man's never found John's own, so that couldn't be. A second blast followed, as long and deep as the first. John had to get up and go to the wall. He knew, but it was so hard. He shoved aside his furs and sat. The pain in his legs seemed duller. Nothing he could not send. He had slept in his breeches and tunic and small clothes. For the hearted horns, so he had only to pull on his boots and down leather and mail and clock, the horn blew again, two long blasts, so he slung long claw over one shoulder, found his crutch, and hobbled down in the steps. It was the black of night outside, bitter cold and overcast. his brothers were spilling out of towers and keeps. Buckling these wall buds and walking toward the wall, John looked for five and grand, but could not find them. Perhaps one of them was the sentry blowing the horn. It is months, he thought, he has come at last. That was good, we will fight and battle, and then we'll rest, alive or dead, we'll rest. But the sea had been only an immense tangle of charred wood and broken ice remained below the wall. The wind raised them up now, but the cage was only big enough for ten men at a time, and it was already on its way up by the time John arrived. He would need to wait for its return. Others waited with him, sat in muddy spare boot, kegs, big blond earth with his back teeth. Everyone called him horse. He had been a stable hand in Moe's town, one of the few Moe's who had stayed at Castleback. The rest had run back to their fields and hoovers or their beds in the underground rather. Horse wanted to take the black, though the greater to, 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 to through toothed four. They remained there as well. The whole wood proved so handy with a crossbow, and Noya had kept three orphan boys whose father had died on the steps. They were young, nine and eight, and five, but no one else seemed to want them. As they waited for the cage to come back, Clydes brought them cups of hot milk wine, while three finger-hop passed out chunks of black bread. John took a heel from him, and knowed on it. It is much rather and asked anxiously, We can hope so. There were worse things than weddings in the dark. I don't remember the words the wedding king had spoken on the feast of the first man, as this to the mist that pink snow. when the dead walk was and six Han's words mean nothing. You cannot fight that snow. No man knows that I've so well as me. Just thinking of it made the wind seem a little colder. Finally, the cage came clanking back down, swaying at the end of the long chain, and they crowded in silently and shut the door. Mali yanked, the bell rolled three times. A moment later, they began to rise by fits and starts at first, then more smoothly. No one spoke. At the top the cage swung sideways, and they clambered the one out one by one. Horse gave John a hand down onto the ice. The cold hit him in the teeth like a fist. A line of fires burned along the top of the wall, contained in iron baskets of balls taller than a man. The cold knife of the wind stirred and swirled the flames, so the lured orange light was always shifting. Thunders of quarrels, arrows, spears, and scorpion boats stood ready on every hand. Rocks were piled and filled, Big wooden barrels of pitch and lamp oil lined up beside them. Bowen marsh had left Castleback, well supplied in everything save men. The wind was wiping at the black clocks of the scarecrow sentinels who stood along the rampart, spears in hand. I hope it wasn't one of them who blew the horn, John said to Donald Noye when he limped up beside him. Did you hear that? Noye asked. That was the wind and horses and something else. A mammoth, John said. That was a mammoth. The armor's breath was worst- frosting as it blew from his broad flat nose. North of the wall was a sea of darkness that seemed to stretch forever to stretch forever. John could make out the faint red glimmer of distant fires moving throughout the wood. It was man certain as sunrise. The others did not light torches. How do we find them? If we can see them, always so asked the- Donald Noyer turned toward the two great trey batchets uh, that, that Bow and Marsh had restored to working order. Give me a light, he roared. Barrels of pitch were loaded hastily into these things and set afire with a torch. The wind fanned the flames to a brisk red fury. Now, we load. The counterweights plunged downwards, throwing arms rose to thud against the padded crossbars. The burning pitch went tumbling throughout darkness, casting an airy flickering light upon the ground below. John caught a glimpse of memories moving upon the rosy throughout the half-light and just as quickly lost them again. A dozen, maybe more, the barrels struck the hearth. And burst. They heard a deep bass trumpet and a giant roar or something in the old tongue, his voice an ancient thunder that sent shivers up John's spine. Again, noise shouted, and the three buckets Butchets were loaded once more. Two more barrels of burning pitch went crackling throughout the gloom to come crashing down amongst the four. This time one of them struck at the other tree, enveloping it in flame. Not a dozen mammoths. John saw a hundred. He stepped to the edge of the precipice. Careful, he reminded himself, it is a long way down. Red Alien sounded his sentry horn once more. Ah-hoo. Ah, And now the wildings answered, not with one horn, but with a dozen, and with drums and pipes as well. We have come, they seem to say, we are come to break your wall, to take your land, and see your daughters. The wind hold, the three buckets cracked and thumped, the barrels flew, behind the giants and the mammoths. John saw men advancing on the wall with bows and axes, whether 20 or 20,000 in the dark, there was no way to ha- to tell. Ta- this is a battle of blind men, but men has a few thousand more of them than we do. The gate, pipe cried right out, they are at the gate. The wall was too big to be stormed by any conventional means. Too high for ladders or siege towers. Too thick for battering rams. No catapult could throw a stone large enough to breach breach it. And if you tried to set it on fire, the ice melt would quench the flames. You could climb over, as the raiders did near Greigard, but only if you were strong and fit and sure-handed and even then you might end up like John, impaled on tree. They must take the gate, or they cannot pass. But the gate was a crooked tenor throughout the ice, smaller than any castle gate in the Seven Kingdoms, so narrow that rangers must leave their garons throughout single file. Three iron gates closed the inner passage, each locked and chained and protected by a murder hole. The outer door was old, oak, nine inches thick and studded with iron, not easy to break Out, But men has moments, he reminded himself, and giants as well. must be cold down there, said Noya. What say we warm up them up later? A dozen yards of lamp-oil had been lined up on the pierce-pice. Pip ran down the line with the torch, setting them alight. Oh and the oar following showing them over the edge one by one, tongues of pale yellow fires wheel round the eyes as they plunged downward when the last was gone, Grand kicked loose the cocks, the chocks on a barrel of pitch and sandit, rumbling and rolling over the edge as well. The sounds below changed to shouts and screams, sweet music to their ears. Yet still the drums beat on, the tree buckets uh, shuddered and thumped, and the sound of skin pups came wafting throughout the night, like the songs of strange fires of birds. Sefton Salador began to sing as well, his voice tremulous and thick with wine. Gentle mother, font of mercy, say our songs from war, we pray. Stay the swords and stay the arrows, let them know. Don't annoy rounded on him, any man uh, here stays his wall. I'll check his uh, puckered horse right off his wall. Starting with you, Septon. Archers. Do we have any bloody archers? Here, said Satin. And here, said Mully. But how can I find a target? It's black uh, as uh, the inside of a pig's belly. Where are they? And he pointed north. Those enough arrows might be you find a few. At least you'll make them fretful." He looked around the ring of fire faces. "'I need two bows and two spears to help me old Tanner. The if they break the gate.' More than ten stepped forward, and this smith picture is four. "'John, you have the wall till I return.' For a moment John thought he had misheard. It had sounded as if Noye were leaving him in command. "'My lord? Lord?' I am a blacksmith," I said. "The world is yours. There are older men, John wanted to say, better men. I am still as green as summer grass. I am wounded, and I stand accused of desertion. His mouth had gone gone as gone, had gone bone dry. Oh, ah, yeah, he managed. Afterward, it would seem, to John's Snow, as if he would dreamt that night. Side by side with the straw soldiers, with long bows or crossbows clutched in half-frozen hands, his archers launched a hundred fights of arrow against men they never saw. From time to time a weapon's arrow came flying back in answer. He sent men to the smaller catapults and filled the air with jagged rocks the size of a giant's fist, but the darkness swallowed them as a man might swallow a handful of nuts. Mammoths trumpeted in the gloom, strange voices called out in strange her tongues, and septons that prayed so loudly and drunkly for the dawn to come that John was tempted to chuck him over the edge himself. They heard a Mammoth dying at their feet, and saw another lurch burning throughout the woods, trampling down men and trees alike. The wind blew cold and colder. Hobb rolled up the chain with cups of onion broth, and Owen and Clyde served them to the archers where they stood so they could gulp them down between arrows. They took a place among them with her crossbow. Hours of uh, repeated yards uh, and Chooks uh, Shooks knocked something loose on the right hand, uh, trebuchet, and his country... The weight came crashing free suddenly and catastrophically, branching the throwing our sideways with a splintering crash. The left hand trebuchet kept throwing, but the wildings had quickly learned to shun the place where its loads were landing. We should have twenty trebuchets, not two, and they should be mounted on sledges and turntables so we could move them. It was a fool, thought. He might as well wish for another thousand men and maybe a dragon or uh, three. Donald, no, yet did not return, nor any of them who had gone down with him to hold that black gold tunnel. Uh, the wall is mine, to remind himself whenever he felt his strength flagging. He had taken up a long bow himself, and his fingers felt crabbed and stiff, half frozen. His fever was back as well, and his leg would tremble uncontrollably, sending a white-hot knife of pain right throughout him. One more harrow, and I rest, he told himself, half a hundred times. Just one more. Whenever his quiver was empty, one of the orphaned moths would bring him another. One more quiver, and I'm done. It couldn't be long until dawn. When morning came, none of them quite realized the hero first. The world was still dark, but the back had turned to grey and shapes were beginning to emerge of sin from the gloom. John lowered his bow to stare at the mass of the heavy clouds that covered the eastern sky. He could see a glow behind them, but perhaps he was only dreaming. He notched another harrow, then the rising sun broke out some palaces of light across the battleground. John found himself holding his breath as he looked out over the half-mile swatch, swath of clear land that lay between the wall and the edge of the forest. In half an hour they had turned it into a wasteland of blackened grass, bubbling peach, shattered stone and corpses. The carcass of the burned mammoth was already drawing crowds. There were giants there on the ground as well, but behind them someone mourned uh, through his depths, and he heard Satan Salador say, Mother have mercy, oh, oh, Mother have mercy. Beneath the trees were all the wildlings in the world. Riders and giants, wards uh, and the skin changers, men, salt Sea sailors, ice river cannibals, Cave-dwellers with a dying face, dog-chariots from the frozen shore, on men with their souls like boiled lither, all the queer-willed folk man said head get ready to break the wall. This is not your land, John wanted to shout at them. There is no place for you here, go away, he could hear Tom and John's laughing at that. You know nothing, just now. he would have said. He flexed his sword and opening and closing the fingers, though he knew full well that sword would not come into it up here, it was chilled and feverish, and suddenly the weight of long bow was too much. Praticamente hanno quasi vinto la battaglia e Jon Snow decide di scendere eh, nel tunnel e andare in uh, ispezione, insomma. One of the mammoths was running berserk, smashing wildings with his trunk and crushing archers underfoot. Jon pulled back his bow once more and launched Another arrow at the beast's shaggy back to Yujima. To east and west, the flanks of the widening host had reached the wall and opposed. The chariots drew in or turned the wild. Their horsemen mired aimlessly beneath the looming cliff of ice at the gate. A shout came. Spare boot, maybe. Mamu said the gate. Fire jumped back, the green pipe, green thrust his bow aside, rested a barrel of oil onto its side and rolled its two heads of the wall, where pipe hammered out the bag that sealed it, stuffed in a twist of cloth and set it alight with a torch. They shoved the over together. A hundred feet below it struck the wall and burst, filling the air with shattered staves and burning oil. Green was rolling a second barrel to the precipice by then, and Kev's the one as well. Pipe lit them both, got him, sat in, shouted, his head streaking out so far that John was certain he was about to fall. Got him, got him, got him, he could hear the roar of fire, a flaming giant dirty into view, stumbling and rolling on the ground. Then suddenly the mammals were fleeing, running from smoke and flames and smashing into those behind them in their terror. Those went backward to the giants and wildings behind them scrambling to get out of their way. In half a heartbeat the wool centre was collapsing. The horsemen on the flank saw themselves being abandoned and decided to fall back as well, not one so much as blew it. Even the chariots uh, they rumbled off, having done nothing but look fearsome and make a lot of noise. When they break, they break hard, John Snow thought as he watched them reel away. The drums had all gone silent. How do you like that music, Mans? How do you like the taste of Dornishman's wife? Do we have anyone hurt? he asked. The bloody buggers got my leg. Spare boots plucked the arrow out and waved it above his hat. a wooden one, arrived the she went up. They grabbed one by the hands, spun him around in a circle and gave him a long, wet kiss right there for all to see. She tried to kiss John too, but he held her by the shoulder and pushed her gently but firmly away. No, he said, I'm done with kissing. Suddenly he was too weary to stand and his leg was agony from knee to groin. He fumbled for his crutch. Pipe helped me to the cage. Grant, you have to walk me, said Grant. Him, said Pipe. It was hard to tell which of them was more horrified. But Grant stammered, but what do I do if the White Danes attack again? Stop them, Tom told him. As they were down in the cage, Pipe took off his arm and we wiped his brow, la cage, la gabbia che va su e giù dalla cima, from the top to the bottom, dalla cima alla base del grita o della parete di ghiaccio. Frozen sweet, is there anything else discussed as frozen sweet? God I don't think I have never been so hungry I could eat an auroch so cool. I swear you, do you think Hob will cook up grand for us?" When he saw John's face, his smile died. What's wrong, is it your leg, my leg, John agreed. Even the words were an effort, not the battle, though. We want the battle. Ask me when I've seen the gate, John said firmly. I want a fire, a hot meal, a warm bed, and something to make my legs stop hurting. He told himself, but first he had to check the tunnel and find what had become of John Anuye. After the battle with the tents, it had taken them almost a day to clear the ice and broken beams away from the inner gate. Spotted Pete and Keggs and some of the other beaters had argued heatedly that they had to just leave the debris of another obstacle for months would have meant abandoning the defence of the town, though, and no was having none of it. With men in the murder, holes, and archers, and spears behind each inner gate, a few determined brothers could hold up under time, as many weddings and clogged the way with corpses. Did them not mean to give men's rider free passage throughout the ice? So with pick and spade and ropes they had moved their broken steps aside and dug back down to the gate. John waited by the cold iron bars while Pip went to Master Raymond for the spare key. Surprisingly, the master himself returned with him and cried, "As with a lantern, come see me when we are done." The old man told John white pipe was fumbling with the chains. "I need to change your dressing and apply a fresh." Four and you will want some more drink wine for the pain. John nodded weakly. The doors swung open. He led them in, followed by Clyde and Blunter. It was all John could do to keep up with Messer Eamon. The ice pressed close around them, and he could feel the cold seeping into his bones. The weight of the wall above his heart. It felt like walking down the gullet of an ice dragon. The tunnel took a twister and then another. Pipe unlocked the second room gate. They walked farther, turned again, and saw light head, faint and pale throughout the eyes. That's bad, John knew at once. That's very bad. Then Pipe said, There's a boot on the floor. The last 20 feet on the tunnel was where they fought and died. The outer door of the oak had been hacked and broken, finally torn off its hinges, and one of the giants had crawled in throughout the splinters. The lantern bathed the, the grisly scene in a sudden reddish light. Pipe turned aside to wretch, and John found himself and behind Master M. on his blindness. No Nuria man had been waiting within behind the gate over the iron. Bars-like, the two five had just a knowledge, unlocked. The two crossbow had gotten up a dozen quarrels as the giant struggled toward them, then the spearman must have come to the floor, to the fore, threw throughout the bars, still the giant found strength to reach throughout. Twist, he had half-spotted fate, seized the iron gate and branched the bars apart. Links of broken chain lay strewn across the floor. One giant, all this was the work of one giant. Had they all dead? Mr. Emmons asked softly. Yes, Donald was the last. Noyes' wo- sword was sunk deep in the giant's throat, halfway to the hilt. The armorer had always seemed such a big man to John, but locked in the giant's massive arms, he looked almost like a child. The giant crushed his spine, I don't know who died first. He took the lantern and moved forward for a better look. Meg, I am the last of the giants. He could feel the sadness there, but he had no time for sadness. It was Meg the Mighty, the king of the giants. He needed the sun then. It was too cold and dark inside the tunnel, and the stench of blood and death was suffocating. John gave the lantern back to Clyde, squeezed around the bodies and threw out the twisted bars, and walked toward the daylight to see what lay beyond the splintered door. The huge carcass of a dead moth steadily blocked the way. One of the beast's tusks snagged his cloak and tore it as he edged past. Three more giants lay outside, up buried beneath stone and slash and ironed uh, nether pitch. He could see where the fire had melted the wall, where great sheets of ice had come sloughing off in the heat to shatter on the black night ground. He looked up at where they'd come from, when you stand here it seems immense as if it were about to crash you. John went back inside to where the others waited. We need to repair the outer gate as best we can, and then block up this section of the tunnel. Rubble chucks of ice, anything. All the way to the second gate, if we can, Sir Winton will need to take a man. He's the last knight left, but he needs to move now. The Giants will be back before we know it. We have to tell him uh, what you will, said Master Raymond gently. He will smile, nod and forget. Thirty years ago, Sir Winton Stout came within a dozen votes of being Lord Commander. He would have made a fine one. Ten years ago, he would still have been capable, no longer. You know that as well as Donald did, John. It was true. You give the order, then. John, told the master, "You have been on the wall your whole life. The man will follow you. We have to close the gate." "Am I, master?" "Chained and sworn. My order serves." "John, we give counsel, not commands." "Someone must. You, you must lead." "No." "Yes, John. It need not be for long." Only till such time uh, as uh, the garrison returns, Donald choose you and the coren of hand before him, now Commander moment made you his steward. You are a son of Winterfell, and if you have been Stark, it must be you or no one. The wall is yours just now. I could feel be the behold inside their every morning when she woke It wasn't hunger, though sometimes there was that too. It was a hollow place, an emptiness, where her heart had been, where her brother had lived, and their parents. Her Her head hurt too, not as bad as it had at first, but still pretty bad. I was used to that, though, and at least the lamp was going down, but the whole inside stayed the same. The hole will never feel any better, she told herself when she went to sleep. Some mornings Arya did not want to wake at all. She would utter beneath her clock with her eyes squeezed shut and try to wheel herself back to sleep. If the hound would only have left her alone, she would have slept all day and all night and dreamed. That was the best part, the dreaming. She dreamed of wolves most every night, a great pack of wolves with her at the head. She was bigger than any of them, stronger, swifter, faster. She could outrun horses and outfight lions. When she bared her teeth, even men would run from her. Her belly was never empty long, and her food kept her warm, even. When uh, the wind was blowing cold, and the brothers and sisters were with her many and more vampires and terrible and, uh, hers, they would never leave her. But if her nights were full of woes, her days belonged to the dog. Sandor made uh, her get up every morning, whether she wanted uh, to or not. He would curse at her in his raspy voice or drunk her to her feet and shake her. Once he dumped a handful of cold water all over her head. She bounced up, sputtering and shivering, and tried to kick him, but he only laughed. Dry off and feed the ruddy horses, he told her, and she did. They had two now, to know, stranger and a oh, sorry, But Frey Arya I had named the craven, because Sandor said she'd likely run off. On the twins uh, the same as them. They found her wandering uh, rather, less, rather less out of fear the morning after this daughter. She was a good enough horse, but Elia could not love a coward. Stranger would have a foot. Still, she tempted the mare as best she knew. It was better than riding double with the hound, and Craven might have been a coward, but she was young and strong as well. I thought that she might be able to outrun a stranger if it came to it. The hound no longer watched her as closely as he had. Sometimes he did not seem to care whether she stayed or went, and he no longer bound her up in a clock at night. When nightlight killed him in his sleep, she told herself, but she never did. One day I ran away on Craven and he won't be able to catch me, she thought, but she never did that either. Where would she go when Sophia was gone? Her grandfather's brother was at Riverham, but he didn't know her no more than she knew him. Maybe Lady Smallwood would, would uh, take her in uh, at Egon Hall, but maybe she wouldn't. Besides, I wasn't even sure she could find uh, A corner hole again. Sometimes uh, she thought she might go back to Shardman's Inn if uh, the flutes uh, hadn't washed it away. She could stay with Hot Pie, or maybe Lord Berwick would find her there. And Guy would teach her to use a bow, and she could ride with Gentry and be an uh, outlaw, like Wanda the White Fawn uh, in the songs but that was just stupid like something Sansa might dream Hot Pie and Gendry had left her just as soon as they could and Lord Merrick and the outlaws only wanted to ransom her just like the hound none of them wanted her around they were never my back not even Hot Pie and Gentry. I was stupid to think so just a stupid little girl and no wolf at all so she stayed with the hound they rode every day, never sleeping twice in the same place, avoiding towns and villages and castles and as best they could. When she asked the center again whether they were going away, he said, That's all you need to know. You are not worth a speech to me now, and I don't want to hear your whining. I should have let you run into the bloody castle. You should have, she agreed, thinking of her mother. You'll be... Dad, if I had, you ought to thank me. You ought to sing me a pretty little song the way your sister did. Did you hit her with an axe, too? I hit you with the flat top of the axe, you stupid little bitch. If I'd hit you with the blade, there'd still be chunks of your head floating down the green fork. Now shut your bloody mouth. If I had any sense, I'd give you two silent sisters. They cut the tongues out of girls who talk too much. That wasn't fair of him to say. Aside from that, one time, Harry hardly talked at all. Whole days passed when neither of them said anything. She was too empty to talk, and the other was too angry. She could feel the fury in him. She could see it on his face—the way his mouth would tighten and twist, the looks he gave her. Whenever he took his axe to chop some wood for a fire, he would die into a cold rage, taking savagely at the tree over the dead four of the broken limb until they had twenty times as much candy and firewood as they needed. Sometimes he would be so sore and tired afterward that he would lie down and go right to sleep without even lighting a fire. I hated it when that happened and hated him too. Those were the nights when she started the longest at the axe. It looks awfully fully but I bet I could swing it. She wouldn't hit him with the flat either. Sometimes in their wanderings they glimpsed other people. Farmers in their fields, swing hearts with their pigs. A milkmaid living in a cow, a squire carrying a message down a rutted road. She never wanted to speak to them either. It was as if they lived in some distant land and spoke a queer alien tongue. They had nothing to do with her, or her with them. Besides, it wasn't safe to listen. From time to time, columns of horsemen passed down the from farm roads between. Hours of frey flying before them, hunting for stray northmen. The hounds said, When they've had any anytime you hear hoes, get your head down fast, it's not like to be a friend. One day, in a heart and hollow made mine, by, by the roots of a fallen horse, they came face to face with another survivor of the twins. The badge on his breast showed. I think maiden dancing in a square of silk, and he told them he was a uh, mark by A woman, though he lost his well, his left shoulder was all twisted and swollen where he'd met his arm. A blow from a mace, he said, it had broken his shoulder and smashed his chain nail deep into his flesh. An odd man, it was, he wept, his badge was a bloody man, and he saw my myth. A jeep, a red man, and pink maiden, maybe they should get together. I drank to his doorbell, and he drank to Sir Mark, and we drank together to Lord Helmut and Lady Rosalind and the King in the North, and then he killed me. His eyes were fever bright when he said that, and Harry could tell that it was true. His shoulder was swollen grotesquely, and Poots and Brewer had seen that his whole left aside. that was a sick to him, too. He smelled like a corpse. The man begged them for a drink of wine. "'If I had, had any wine, I'd have drunk it myself,' the hound told him. "'I can give you water and give dog mercy.' The hound looked at him a long while before he said, "'You are Jeffrey's dog, my own dog now. Do you want the water?' Aye, man, the man swallowed, and the mercy of his. They had passed a small pound a short ways back. Sandor gave Aya his arm and told her to feel it. So she struck back to the water that had been squished over the two of her boots. She used the dog's head as a pair. Water ran out throughout the eye holes about the bottom of the arm, still had a lot. When she came back the outer turned his face up and she poured the water into his mouth, he gulped it down as fast as he she could pour and what he could gulp run down his cheeks into the of blue that crusted his whiskers and until pale pink tears dangled from his beard. When the water was gone he water was gone, he clutched the helmet like and licked the steel. "'Good,' he said. "'I wish it was wine, though I want wine.' "'Me too.' The hound is his uh, staggering into the man's uh, chest almost tenderly. The weight of his body, driven uh, the point throughout his short-cold ring made at the quilting beneath. As he slid the blade back out and waved it on the dead man, he looked at Aryan. "'That's where the heart is, girl. That's how you kill a man. That's one way we, we bury him.' Why, Sandor said, he don't care, and we've got no spade. Leave him for the wolves and and white dogs, your brothers and mine. He gave her a hard look. First we robbed him, though. There were two silver stacks in the hodges' purse and almost thirty corpers. His dagger had a pretty pink stone in the heel of the hound after the knife. In his hand, then flipped it toward Arya. She th- caught it by the hilt, slit it throughout her butt, and felt a little better. It wasn't neither, but it was still. The dead man had a quiver of arrows, too, but arrows weren't much good without a blow. his boots were too big for Arya and too small for the hound, so those they left. She took his kit on hell as well, even though it came down almost past her nose, so she had to tear it back to see. He must have had a horse as well, or he wouldn't have got away. Kagan said, Being well," but it's really well gone, I said, not telling how long he's been here. By the time they found themselves in the cool hills of the mountains of the moon, the rains had mostly stopped. I could see the sun and moon and stars, and it seemed to her that they were hidden in a sword. Where are we going? She yes, asked again. This time the hound answered her. You have an answer in the air. Might be she'll want to ransom your scrawny horse. Though the gods know why, once we find the iron road, we can follow it all the way to the bloody gate. Lady L- Liza, they thought Laptari Alvinia It was her mother she wanted, not her mother's sister, she didn't know her mother's sister any more than she knew her great uncle that patient. We should have gone into the castle, they didn't really know that her mother was that rough villain, it wasn't like they'd seen them die or anything. Maybe Lord Frey had just taken them captive, maybe they were chained up in the dungeon or maybe the Freys were uh, taking them to King's Landing so Joffrey could chop their head off. They didn't know. We should go back, she suddenly decided. We should go back to the twins and get my mother. She can't be that, we have to help her. I thought your sister was the one with a head full of songs. The hound crawled. Frey might have kept your mother alive to ransom, that's true. But there's no way in seven hells I'm going to back her out of his castle. I hope by My bloody self, not my... Not by yourself, I'd come to. He made a sound that was almost a laugh. That will scare the peace out of the old man. You are just afraid to die, she said scornfully. Now again, began to That don't scare me. On the fire. Now be quiet, or I'll cut your tongue out myself and I save the silent sister, uh, the bother. The bother is uh, the veil for us. I really didn't think uh, he'd really cut her tongue out. I was just saying that the way weeping used uh, to say he'd beat her bloody. All the same, uh, she wasn't going to try him, so the was not fine, okay? Pinky, Pinky didn't cut people enough for he them with axes, not even with the flat of axes. That night, she went to sleep thinking of her mother and wondering if she should kill the hunter in his sleep and rescue Lady Kathleen herself. When she closed her eyes, she saw her mother face against the black of her eyelids. She is so close, I could almost smell her. And then she could smell her. The sun was faint beneath the other, mad beneath the moss and mud and water, and the spent sharp rocks in the reeds and rotting man. She felled slowly throughout the soft ground to the river's edge, left it up a drink, then lifted her head to sleep. The sky was grey and thick with clouds, the river green and full of floating things. That man clogged the, the shallows some. Still moving as water pushed them, others washed them up on the vents. Her brothers and sisters warmed around them, tearing at the rich dry flesh. The crowds were there to screaming at the wolves and feeling the air with feathers. Their blue was hotter, and one of her sisters had snapped at one as they took fight and caught it by the wing. It made her want to growl herself. She wanted to taste the blood, to hear the bones crunch between her teeth, to feel her belly with warm, flesh instead. how cold. She was hungry and the meat was all around, but she knew she could not eat. The scent was stronger now. She picked her hairs up and listened to the crumbles of her back. The shriek of angry crowds, the whir of winds and sound of running water. Somewhere far off she could hear horses and the calls of living men, but they were not what mattered. How did the sound matter? They sniffed, she sniffed the air again, there it was, and now she was into so something pale and white drifting down the river, turning where it brushed against the snag. The reeds bowed down before it. She flashed noisily through the shallows and threw herself into the deep water, the legs turning. Uh, the current uh, was strong, but she was stronger. She swam, following her nose, the river smiles were rich and wet. But those were not the smiles that purred her. She petted after the sharp red whisper of cold blood, the sweet clothing, glowing stench of death. She chased them as she had opened, chased the red deers throughout the trees, and in the end she ran them down, and her jaw closed around a big white arm. She shook it to make it move, but there was only death and blood in her mouth. By now she was trying, and it was uh, all she could do to pull the body back to shore. As she dragged it up the muddy bank, one of her little brothers uh, came pulling, his tongue lolling from his mouth. She had to snarl to drive him off or else she, he wouldn't have fun. Only then did she stop to shake the water from her fur. The white thing lay face down in the mud. Her dead flesh wrinkled and pain. Gold blue, twinkling from her throat. Rise, she saw the rise and him and round with us. The sound of horses turned her head. Man, they were coming from down the wind. So she had not smelled them, but now they were almost here Men on hoses with flapping black and yellow and pink wings and long shiny clothes in hand Some of her younger brothers uh, buried their teeth to defend the food they found when she snapped at them until they scattered That was the way of the white, the white deer and the and the crowds fled before wolves and wolves fled from men. she abandoned the gold white prize in the mud where she had dragged it and ran and fled no shame. When morning came the hound did not need to shout at Arya or shake her or, or shake her awake. She had woken before him for a change and even won't tread uh, her the they broke me fast in silence, and this said, said, a thing about your mother, it doesn't matter, I said into a voice, I know she's that, I saw her in a dream. We hung at her a long time, then nodded, no more was said of it. They rode on toward the mountains. In the hotter years they came, upon a tiny little village surrounded by green, green. If you don't freeze or stop, With you, but in the end, they'd kill you and make off with your daughter. I'm not his daughter, Arya might have shouted if she hadn't felt so tired. She was no one's daughter now, she was no one, not Arya, not Weasel, not an M, not Arya, not Stop, not even Bumpy Hell. She was only some girl who ran with the dark by day and dreamed of wolves by night. It was quiet in the village. They had bad stuff with straw and not too many lads. The food was plain, but feeling, and the hair smelled of diamonds. All the same, Mary soon decided that she did it. The villagers were cowards, none of them would even look at aunt's face, at least not for long. Some of the women tried to put her in a dress and make her do needlework, but they weren't ladies' would and she was having none of it, and uh, there was one girl who took uh, to following her the village, Heather's daughter. She was uh, of an age with iron but just a child. She cried if she skinned any, and carried a stupid cloth doll with her everywhere she went. The doll was made up to look like a man at arms, sort of, so the girl called him a soldier, and rang how he kept her safe. Go away, Arya told her half a hundred times. Just leave, maybe. She wouldn't, though, so finally Arya took the door away from her, ripped it open and pulled the rug stuffing out of its belly with a finger. Now he really looks like a soldier, she said, before she threw the door in a book. After that, the girl stopped the in her, and Arya spent her days grooming, craving a stranger or walking, waking in the woods. Sometimes she would find stick and practice her needlework. But then she would remember that whatever happened, that twins and smash it against a tree until it broke. Maybe we should stay here a while. The have told her after a fortnight, he was sh- he was drunk only, but more brooding than sleeping. We'd never reach the hair and uh, the phrase, uh, we'll still be hunting survivors uh, in the Riverland, sounds like need words here with this advancement uh, of writing. We can rest up, maybe find a way to get a letter to your aunt. Ariel's face reckoned when she heard that she didn't want to stay, but that wasn't nowhere to go either. The next morning, when the aunt went up to chop down trees and old logs, she crawled back into bed but when the work was done and the tall wooden that his was finished the village elder made it plain that there was no place for them come winter we will be hard pressed to feed our own he explained and you, am I like you prince blue with him sent her so you to know who I am I am. When this stone crowds come calling you might be led to have a dog. Might be. But they say you lost your belly for fighting at the, the black water they say. The man hesitated, saying it. I know what they say. the voice sounded like two hoods' so hoods, grinding together. Pine, Penny and we'll be gone. When they left, he, the elder had a pouch full of coppers, a skin of soil and a new sword. It was a very old sword, if truth be told, though new to him. He swapped it on the long axe, he took and had the prince. The one used to rise, the lump on Ariel's head. The was gone in less than a day, but Cligan sharpened the sword every night. In the man he'd walked with for every spot of rust. If he lost his money for fighting, why does he care if he is the shot? It was not a question I dared ask of him, but she thought um, it's a lot was uh, that why he'd run from twins and carried her off. Back in the riverlands, they found that the are had been a way and the filled waters that we can to recede the hound to return south, back toward the trident. We'll make the river Maybe the black fish wants to buy himself a she-wolf. He doesn't know me, he wants to even know I'm really me. I was sorry of making for river run. She had been making for river run for years, it seemed, without ever getting there. Every time she made for the river run, she ended up someplace worse. He won't give you any ransom, he'll probably just hang you. He's free to try, he turned the speed. He doesn't talk like he has lost his body for fighting. I know where we could go, Iris said. She still had one brother left. John will warn me, even if no one else does. He'll call me my little sister and must find here, It was a long way though, and she didn't think she could get there by herself. She hadn't even been able to reach the river. We could then go to the wall. Something was a laugh. It was an upper wall. The little wolf beach wants to join the night's watch, does she? My brother's on the wall, she said stubbornly. His mouth gave a twitch. The walls are a thousand leagues from here. We would need the fight throughout the bloody phase just to reach the neck. There's these lions in those swamps uh, that it was every day for breakfast and if we did reach the north with uh, our skins intact there's uh, iron born in half the castles and thousands uh, of bloody buggering northmen as well. Are you scared of them? Arya asked, have you lost your belly for fighting? For a moment she thought he was going to hit her, but by then their hair was brown, though Skin crackling and grease popping as it dripped down into the cook fire. center took it off the stick, lifted it apart with his big hands and tossed half of it into Ariad's lap. There's nothing wrong with my belly, Lisa, as he pulled off a leg. But I don't give a rat's ass for you or your brother. I have a brother too.